Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Good evening and welcome to the Copa Express Show Network. I'm the host for the Copa Express Show. My name is Aurelia Lyles and we are definitely live today. Um, I want to start off by saying it's Thursday and it's scandal time again. So for many of you who are scandal fans, I, I know you you waited and time is here. I know I've waited so I can't wait. So with on that note, that's all I'm saying about that. Tonight we have a special a very interesting young lady. And I say interesting in the, when, okay, let me just put it right. What I mean by interesting is the fact that we know her work, we've heard her work, we've enjoyed her work, but we never really got the opportunity to know who she is and really get to hear her talent. And oftentimes when someone works as hard as she does and has received the accolades that she's received in regards to what she's put out to the world. And we often wonder what it would be like when you decide to step out from behind the scenes and come up front and start to pursue your own dreams and your own goals. So tonight we're going to find out what that sounds like and we're going to find out what that feels like because this young lady, her name is Crystal Nicole, she is a very talented songwriter. And I have to tell you, I mean, some of the lyrics in her songs, they have such a dynamic message. And I just, I'm just so eager to have the opportunity to just kind of find out where she gets all the inspiration for these songs. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Miss Crystal Nicole. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking. Now, Ms. Crystal Nicole, tell us about who you are. Wow. Because, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, it's it's not much to, it, um, I'm just a little girl from Decatur, Georgia, who had a dream of singing. Um, I ended up being blessed with the gift of songwriting. I had no idea um, I could write songs. I wasn't trying to write songs. I, I just really wanted to sing, and after being in different singing groups, you know, in my hometown and doing talent shows and things like that, it never really worked out. So I ended up just kind of pouring all my energy into writing songs. And one day found myself um, in the studio with some amazing artists. Uh, it definitely wasn't overnight, but um, that's the that's the short version of it. But I've had the extreme um, honor and pleasure to have worked with some amazing people that I even grew up listening to, from Mariah Carey to Beyonce and Janet Jackson, some awesome awesome women in the industry today, and that's who I am, and now I'm putting on my own project. Yay! <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Now, how did it, How did you really get into songwriting? I mean, what was your first really big songwriting gig? My first, I guess um, what really kind of kicked it off, I was writing 
for years just um, behind the scenes and just going from studio to studio to anyone who would let me in the door. And um, no one really heard those songs, but I finally caught the attention of Jermaine Dupree uh, here in Atlanta, and he wanted to sign me as a songwriter. And so he offered me a deal, a publishing deal, we call it, and it was kind of a, it wasn't the best deal. So my manager at the time was like, no, we're not going to go for that one. And I was like, yo, I'm riding on bald tires. I ain't got no car insurance. We don't have to make something. <laughs> like, you're tripping. Um, but I, I took his I took his word on that, and we just kind of waited for another, a whole other year went by. And then um, I caught the attention of EMI Music Publishing at that time, Big John Platt, who's just amazing. He was running the company. And um, Jermaine Dupree came back. And so him and John got together and decided to do a joint venture on me. And so I ended up signing to the both of them, and it was just an awesome, awesome choice. That's that's amazing. You know, a lot of times when opportunity presents itself, when we're eager and we're somewhat desperate, we usually just jump and grab it. Do you think that things would have turned to where they are now if you would have grabbed at that first opportunity? Oh no, I probably would have be I would be miserable um only because I was still very new to um my craft. I didn't really know my own sound very well and of course even after I got signed I still had to learn, you know, my sound, but uh it was still very very early on the first time around. And I just would have I ain't no telling what I would have been writing. I I probably would have put out some really crappy records <laughs> at that time. So I'm glad I waited. Now, you have, like you said, you've worked with your, I mean, your resume, so to speak, is just something amazing. You've got songwriting with Beyonce, Brandy, Chili, Janet Jackson, Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Lopez, and it's like Latoya Luckett, Mary J. Blige, the Pussycat Dolls, Rihanna. Just kind of like go on, and you've received numerous awards and nominations for your work as well. And I have to ask you, what did that feel like? How was that when you first got the recognition from your your peers in your community? How did that feel? That was amazing, um, and and it's still amazing. Just to even I'm listening to you run down those names, and I'm. I'm looking at the phone like, is she talking about me? Like, <laughs> cause it's, it's still mind blowing that um that all that is is happening. It, it's really been it seems like forever, but it's really been a short amount of time. And uh, I guess the first time I really received something, I got an ASCAP award for um, uh, "Touch My Body," Mariah Carey. I co-wrote that, and I just remember being at the awards. True story. The year before. I couldn't afford to get to the award. They they gave me an invite to come, but I couldn't get there because I didn't have the money. And so I remember sitting at home literally crying to my, he was my fiancé then, he's my husband now, and I was crying, and I was like, this don't make no sense. Like, I, I keep working and I keep grinding, and I can't even get to an award show, you know, and, and just be there in the presence of all these awesome people. And then fast forward a year later, I'm on the stage receiving an award, and I'm standing next to the Dream and Tricky Stewart, and we're receiving um, the award for Touch My Body. And it just, I, I don't forget those moments, but I remember that today. I remember what it felt like to not be there and to cry and be hurt, and I remember what it felt like to be there and hold that award and just be 
um, like you said, acknowledged by my peers and people that I respect in the music industry. So it's so humbling because I'm at the end of the day, like I said, I'm, I'm a little girl from Decatur who just wanted to sing, and God had bigger plans than I had for myself. So it's even to be talking on the phone with you is like <laughs> all of this is very, very humbling for me. Well, it's amazing how we sometimes don't listen to the little voice within, and you know who that is. That's just your higher power trying to tell you, you know, just wait, be patient. I, I got plans. Wait. Mm-hmm. And everything. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> so now, as you move forward, what was it like? I mean, once you get yourself recognized and, and people know that you are a really credible artist, how do you get to the next gig and so on and so on? Oh, it's. It, it, I was just telling someone uh, the other day, someone hit me on Facebook, and they wanted me to, I guess, take one of their songs and play it for an artist that I had written for. And I was like, yeah, about that. This thing doesn't really get that much easier, even though I've I've gained a lot of success and a lot of accolades. It's still it's still work. It's still work getting in with, um, you know, legends and writing songs for them. It's, it's not an easy thing. And so from each artist to the next, I, I never brought my catalog in the door with me. Um, and basically I didn't I didn't come into a studio talking about what I did yesterday and what artists I worked with two weeks ago and last year and what I won. You know, for me, every time I write a song, this is my first song, and I, for me I'm proving to myself that I belong. And it, it kind of creates a, a very uh, pressure-filled environment for me, but it also keeps me grounded so that I'm not living off of yesterday's success. I'm, I'm always trying to create more and, and, and go deeper and go higher and, whatever that looks like. So um, every every artist was like the first. You know, Mariah was Mariah, and then there was, then Beyonce. And there wasn't, for me, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I did Mariah yesterday, so here I'm with Beyonce. It was like, oh, my God, Beyonce. And from there, and even artists that don't have the um, the history that some of those artists have, uh, Bridget Kelly, that was, I mean, she, she doesn't have the catalog as Beyonce, but for me, she's an artist, and it's my job to, create something amazing for her today and I, I put her in the same box as Mariah or Janet so um, everything for me every day for me every song is a test now when you're creating these songs do you look at the artists and what they represent and embody or do you just go with something that you're inspired to do oh that's good um, I definitely look at the artists I like to do research like um, I'll look at interviews that they've done or, or I'll, I'll go and read something online that they posted or things like that just to kind of get a sense of who they are because when I write the song it should feel like it came from them it should feel true to who they are and though I may not know them I can just kind of get a good gauge of okay if I'm I remember writing Only Girl in the World and I was thinking if I'm Rihanna what do I what what am I dealing with today what what, what does it feel like today if, if that's who I am today and I have to write from that standpoint, and it's always going to have a, a, a foundation of who I am because it's coming from me, but it's me if I were in that person's shoes for today. So I kind of write from that angle. Oh, okay. So, and do you are you ever inspired to just not even look at the person but to write a song based on something that's inside of you that has um, a life of its own that needs to come out? Oh, yes, Um I, to be honest with you, I prefer that kind of writing more. I prefer 
like I, I look at art, like I can look at a picture and to me everything has a song behind it. Um, I go to the grocery store and I hear people arguing and I hear a song. <laughs> and they like, get out of my business, why are you looking at me so hard? <laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm writing a song in my mind. So um, I prefer to write from a, I call it just a free, it's like you, you, you let the, take the leash off the lion and let him run. I prefer that kind of writing more so because it just gives me freedom to, to go wherever I desire. But I've also had to tailor myself to to fit a certain um, a certain sound, too. So I like to be able to be fluent in both, but I definitely love to just flow. Okay. Now, you have your um, solo project that you're working on now. Why now? Oh, why now? Well, this, if you would have asked me, this would have came out when I was like 12. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so happy that uh, God didn't let that happen because 12-year-old Crystal Nicole, she was not, she had no words, she had no melodies, I didn't have no life experience, I I hadn't been through anything, I hadn't seen anything, so um, I think now is the perfect moment, just because um, I I can't hold it anymore, you know, I, I have music and things in me that have been like, it's like a pot has been boiling over, so to speak, and um, now I, I I can't hold it any longer. Like it's it's got to come out. It's it's better out than in. It's it's bad. It's not like gas, but <laughs> but it's true. It's, <laughs> I gotta get it out. Okay, that's great. Now, um, you have this single out, and it's called "I Don't Belong to You." Where does that come from, and how did that come about? I don't belong to you. Um, I have this concept, like probably maybe a year. Well, no, no, no. It was it was like earlier this year, like seven or eight months ago. And I just sometimes in my phone, I'll just write down different words or different sentences that kind of stick out to me in my mind, and they'll become just concepts. And so I had just written down the word ugly, and um, I wrote ugly, and then I took it and broke it down. I wrote unique you know, and loved and, and just different um, things to go along with each letter in the word. And so I didn't think anything of it. I kind of just wrote that down, kept it moving. Months later, I'm in the booth and I'm recording, and my husband does this track. My husband actually produced I Don't Belong to You. And um, I'm listening to the track, and it's got this little reggae kind of feel to it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in my Lauryn Hill zone right now. I'm feeling real good by myself. <laughs> and I didn't have any words. And I was like, oh, crap, like, I don't know what to, I, I love this track, I love what it's doing, but I don't know what to say, I don't know what to talk about. And so I just kind of scrolled through my phone, and that word popped out, that ugly word popped out. And the the basis behind the song is pretty much <clears throat> all the things that people say about you, and especially people who have said about me, I just kind of took that moment to flip those things and, and use them to empower myself as opposed to, what they had done for me for so many years, which has brought me down. And the first line I ever I wrote in that song was, took what you meant to discourage, and I flipped it around to encourage. And so when I said that, I was like, oh, this is this is the, this is the ugly song. Like, that's what I was calling <laughs> the ugly song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just fit together like that. And uh, for me, it just, it redefines what, what anybody else may think of or have said about me. It just kind of shows me what, what the truth is. So we're going to play that right now so our listeners can get a taste of what you were talking about. Hey, of course we are. 
<laughs> so if you don't mind, we're going to take some time out and play I Don't Belong to You by Kristen McCall. I spent my whole life trying to please everybody, looking for other people to approve of who I am, until I realized I don't belong to you. Some people eat negativity Like it's me from the bone Seems like they all threw it up on me They call me ugly for so long But you said for you like me created G is for God's favorite L is for love that I do And I'm young and beautiful So I took what you meant to discourage can just apply to so many different circumstances. Mm, thank you. Yes, you're welcome, you're welcome. And I believe we have a caller on the line who wants to say something. Yeah. Okay. Hello, caller. Thank you for calling in. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you today? Pretty good. Good. Oh, hi. Hey, This is, that song <laughs> is really awesome. Oh, thank you. It's got a great groove, and you know, 
I can hear myself saying, I don't belong to you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you either. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Um, okay. In any, you know, being a female in any business is really, it's really hard. And, you know, because this business seems to be dominated by males, what's it been like for you? You know, as a female songwriter in 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 this business. Oh, that's a good question. Um, it was tough, uh, just being taken seriously. But um, mm-hmm. I I had this real no no play kind of mentality. I I go to the studio, I write my song, and I go home. I mean, I'm cordial with people, but I don't linger to the point to where I'm in there laughing and giggling. And next thing you know, I'm I'm, you know, sitting up too close to somebody and they get the wrong idea. Like, I was very mm-hmm. intentional about doing my job and being nice to people, but at the same time making sure I got my job my job done. I think a lot of times as women we, we, we get distracted by so many other things and we don't understand when people don't take us seriously. It's it's because we didn't just go in and do our job sometimes. We're so, oh, he cute, and no, he's not cute. You got a job. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We're, we're on the clock. We're on the clock right now. <laughs> and how does that, that translate for you in contract, like, negotiations and, and that whole thing? Oh, wow. Um, I have an, my, my attorney is a, a female, and she is a little pit bull. Like, she just – I love the fact that um, I was able to get an attorney who was also a female, and she's very, mm-hmm. very strict and very um, on her business <clears> – <throat> And she makes sure that everything is taken care of, and it doesn't matter to her whether we're dealing with a guy or a woman or, or a dog. It don't matter, you know. She, <laughs> she's gonna do right. She's gonna do her thing, and um, I mean, I've just, I, I just learned that gender plays no part when it comes to um creativity. That's the beautiful thing about music. It's, it's the one industry where um when you go in a studio, it gender goes out of the window. Right now, it's about who has the best concept, who has the best song, who. Who's got the vocal? Who's got this? And so, if you have those things, it doesn't matter what what the gender is. You you can you can pretty much be in control of the situation. Okay. Ever like um, because sometimes I feel like I like I hear a feminine influence in in certain songs I listen to sometimes, and you hear that female point of view that a male couldn't possibly. Or maybe mm. I'm wrong. You know. Hit the hit mm. that hit that emotional note or that situational note. Well, you know, it, it ain't much. It ain't much the men can do without us. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have an awesome husband, but you know, I mean, he wouldn't be here if he didn't have a mother. Amen. Thank uh, you. <laughs> well, you know, they they can't do much without us. You know, That's um, right. but I, they I think, can't get here without us. <laughs> right. I think a lot of times, though, because of, I was just telling somebody, because of the way that we've been, uh, women have been oppressed and things like that in the past, we kind of developed a independent kind of, I don't need nobody, I don't need no man, I don't need nothing mentality, mm-hmm. which I, I'm kind of against that because you're going to need mm-hmm. somebody. Somebody got to do something for you. Right. Uh, as long as you're living in this world with other people, mm-hmm. you're going to need somebody to do something. And so I think because we were, I won't even say we because I, I, I wasn't oppressed, you know, growing up like that, but I guess because our ancestors were so beat down as women and couldn't do certain uh-huh. things, we went all the way to the extreme 
nowadays, right. and it's like I don't need nobody, and that's either one is bad. You know, too much of anything is not is not cool. So um, we we just have to keep a we got to keep a respect level for both parties. Cause we we need each other. You know. Yes, yes, indeed, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank that's, you so much. That's a great question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Thank this you is a for great joining. Segment. And there was just some things I felt like I wanted to ask you. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, now, well, you know, she did touch upon some really great things and some good questions and stuff in regards to being in a male-dominated industry and being a female. And I really appreciate the fact that you said that gender has no role in songwriting. Now, when you are trying to shop your new projects, how does that work out for you? Oh, we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm I'm eager to 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 see how that. A lot of this is uh is very new for me. It's, the funny thing is, I was telling my husband, even though I've written for other people's albums, and you know I've been in with some amazing people and watched them do this whole thing. Doing it yourself is a whole nother monster, and I'm I'm learning a lot just uh, in the past few months and just in the past couple of years. Also, just learning about okay, when it's when it's your turn to do it yourself for your project, it's, there's a lot of different things that uh, go into play. So I haven't I haven't experienced everything yet because it hadn't come out yet. But I am definitely uh, my my mind is open. I'm, I'm trying to keep a a, a good. Um, I like to be a sponge. I like to soak up whatever I can. So um, on either either side, I like to soak up things that I may not agree with so that I can understand them better, and I like to soak up things that I do agree with so that I can be more of a balanced person, you know what I mean? So I, I have no idea what lies ahead for me as it concerns being a female and, and putting this album out like that. And you mentioned before that you have an attorney. For a songwriter, what type of team do you need to have in place for you to be a successful songwriter? Oh, you know, I think um, to me, life is a movie. Everybody's life is like a movie, um, and a movie without the music is a sucky movie. You ever watch the movie and like turn the sound off? It's the most boring thing yeah. ever. <laughs> like it's like I don't care who the actors are. If you mute that or you turn, you take the music out of that thing, it's just it's just flat. And so, my job. And I think anybody's job who's creating music, our job is to provide the um, the music for the soundtrack of, of life, if you will. And I think that music, just like in a movie, it underscores and it brings forth the emotions. And uh, it, it definitely curves and show, tells people when there's a sad part of a movie, they play sad music. When there's a happy part, somebody win a football game, they play happy music. And so as a writer, it's my job to tell that story. And if I haven't lived any of that. If I ain't had no happy moments or no sad moments or no tough moments or no scary moments, it, it just limits my ability to tell that story for that thing. Okay, great. That's that's excellent. It's it's a short story and it's a story with music to it. So you carry your own theme music wherever you go. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So yeah, so it's like in your head. This situation is a story, so this is a theme, and I can write some music to this particular theme right now. So for each situation, 
it's like you have your own theme music going on in your head. Oh, yeah. And and, and the beautiful thing about music, it's not right or wrong because it's based on the situation. So it's just like when you get angry with somebody, you're not necessarily wrong. Now, what you do with that anger is what makes it right or wrong. But the feeling of I'm upset, it's not your feeling isn't wrong. Your emotion isn't wrong. It's it's what we act out. And so music isn't the acted out. Music, to me, is the the pure, raw emotion, or at least that's what it should be. It should be the pure, raw emotion of that moment. When I was going through problems in my marriage with my husband and we were talking about divorce and I was bugging out, losing my mind, thinking that he wasn't the one for me, I was writing songs that spoke to that. And I can mm-hmm. I can go back in my in my laptop and pull up songs from a few years ago and listen to where I was at that moment. Now, whether I acted that out or not, that's another story, and that's you know that's where it becomes right or wrong. But I wrote songs from that place, and I just that's the beautiful thing about it. It's it's really a, a universal language in that way. Yes. Now, for example, you um, wrote "Love All Over" from Monica. Now that's mm-hmm. a very emotionally filled song. I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs that um that I've written for an artist. It's, it's, and to have written it for Monica, a lot of people don't know, but she was the first actual superstar that I was in the studio with before I ever got signed to Jermaine, before I met Mariah or anybody else. I was in the studio with Monica and Akon. And um, so... I didn't make it on her album at that time when I was first in the studio with her, but I just remember her coming in and just being so open. She's like a walking encyclopedia. Like she just has such a, a life experience under her belt, and she's so open to share it with you. And so to have to years later get in the studio with Jermaine and, and Brian Michael Cox, and he said, "Hey, we need to write a number one record for Monica," and to be able to write that song and it go number one. It was just like it's like everything came together for me in that moment. So I, that's a favorite of mine. Yes, I like that song as well. And I've even heard somebody to kind of make it into something gospel-like, which is interesting. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of my songs have a what do you t- uh, the the undertone is spiritual in a lot of a lot of my um, early records, but now all of my records, but um. They all have that kind of spiritual undertone because, for me, you know, the love of God is all over me. And so mm-hmm. when I wrote that song, I was writing about my husband, but I was also writing about, you know, my Lord. So it's uh, it's cool to hear people um, take it and sing it in, in a setting where it's not the typical setting and, you know, and take it and put more of a gospel. When I sing Whitney Houston's All the Man I Need Now, I'm talking about Jesus. That's just who I'm talking about, you know. I mean, it's, it's cool because music, it's, it's an um, interpretive art form. So however you interpret it, it's how it hits you at that time, and that's the beautiful thing about it. That is amazing. And it's interesting because I, I was, like, curious to know if that was part of who you are because that particular song, I'm like, it has it has two interpretations to it, and I, I'm glad to know that you kind of clarified that for me. Oh, yeah, I... I I I pray before I write anything, and I believe that um, that God, of course, gave me the abilities and the talents to do what it is that I'm able to do. And sometimes he'll give me a concept or an idea, and I'll take that and distort it and turn it into something else that wasn't meant to be. And then there are some times where I just let it be the purity of what he gave me. And Love All Over Me was one of those 
pure moments, like literally God was my co-writer. <laughs> okay. <was> my co-writer. <laughs> <laughs> you were the vessel and he filled you up. Yeah, definitely. That's that's amazing. Now, for up-and-coming songwriters who are out there, you know, what advice would you give them? Uh, for up-and-coming songwriters, I would tell them to know their craft, know their sound, and the only way you can know your sound is if you're, you know, always working at what you're doing. Like, as a songwriter, when I first started coming up, I didn't really work at what I was doing. Like, I didn't really pay attention to songs and lyrics and things of that nature. I was still a singer trying to write. And because of that, I couldn't really take on the title of a songwriter because I would listen to people like Stevie Wonder and go, okay, no, that's songwriting. I don't know what I'm doing, but if that's songwriting, I can't be called a songwriter yet. And I, I had to have a moment where I stopped listening to songs for the vocal aspect or for the the music and what the beat was doing, and I started listening to what the lyrics were doing. And when I started doing that, I just studied songwriting. I studied Stevie. I studied Smokey. I studied Diane Warren and, and uh, Dave Foster and, and studied the reason, like why, what made them compare love to the moon and what made them say it this way and why didn't they say it that way. And to me, that's to me that's studying your craft. That's um, you know, going back to the books, back to the basics, and figuring out where this thing comes from and, and how you can, how your personality is supposed to bring it out. So I think a lot of people that are really talented, they have a tendency to be really lazy. <laughs> And uh, we don't we don't work, you know, at our craft because it's natural. But I think that if you want to be the best you that you can be, you're gonna have to you have to sweat, you have to work at it at some point. So that's my advice. Now, what would you say to a little girl who has a dream? Wake up and live that Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. Um, I had a dream. I feel like Marlis King right now. I I had a dream <laughs> that I was going to be in the music industry, and it didn't matter what. I mean, my family laughed at me. My friends laughed at me. You know, everybody was saying, this is impossible. You are from Decatur, Georgia. I didn't graduate high school, and, I mean, I was the the seemingly overweight, unattractive girl in my class, and I was able to be – uh, credited songwriter and have worked with some of the most amazing people that I can think of in the music industry. And that's uh, of everything, of course, is God. But God gave me a dream, and I felt like it was my responsibility to see that thing out, to, to stop dreaming it and wake up and live it and go after it because no one. I had to learn that no one was going to do it for me, you know. So um, for the little girl that has a dream, you can do anything. There's nothing. There's nothing you can't do until you decide not to do it. And that would be my advice. Just wake up and go. All right. Now, if people wanted to follow you, you know, and, and see where you're going next and, and kind of like keep tabs on your project, how can they? Oh, okay. Well, I'm all over social media. Um, I'm on Twitter as at the number one Crystal Nicole. That's one C-R-Y-S-T-A-L N-I-C-O-L-E, and um, it's the same on Instagram and on Facebook, um, One Crystal Nicole. And my website is IamCrystalNicole.com, and um, that's where everybody can find me. Um, excellent. And so this project that you're shopping at, 
right now. When will it be officially available to the public? First quarter. First quarter, 2015 is, is going to be a, an amazing, amazing time for me. I will be releasing my first ever album in life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm just, I'm like a little kid in a candy store right now. Oh, that's excellent. So we're going to keep our ears open and um, see what they have to say, because I really do believe that, you know, I Don't Belong to You is amazing. And I could just imagine what the rest of the song is going to be like. So it's going to be a hit. And you heard it from me, okay? You heard it from me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And I also want to take the opportunity to thank Juanita Stephens for for this amazing opportunity. She has just been a gem, and I really appreciate her. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, we're going to let you go because um, we're just going to kind of like you know, we have had an amazing time together, and we would love to have you back whenever the opportunity presents itself because we really enjoy, you know, having you, and your experience is just so great and so rich for all those other young adults out there who may be interested in learning more about you and, and your craft. So please oh, come back you. when you can. I definitely will. Thank you so much. You have an awesome night. You too. Thank you, and be well. Bye-bye. Bye. To all of my listeners, I have to tell you that when you have a talent, a gift, something that is really inspiring you to go out and just create and be creative, don't hold it back. Don't give in to naysayers. Don't give in to people telling you that it's not true, it's not possible, you can't do it. You can do anything that you choose to do. You have to believe in you. And you have to believe that that gift was given to you for a purpose and a reason. And I always say that God loves us so much that he gives us all these amazing things to all these amazing people because he just wants us to see that he's just not just a God for one person. He's a God for us all. So when we have the opportunity to hear amazing songs that are written by people like Kristen Nicole and have them sung by people like Beyonce or Rihanna, this is God's way of showing his love to all of us. So we need to learn to embrace what we've been given and share it with the world because that is our duty to that particular talent and that gift. It's a blessing to us and it's a blessing to him and it's the way we say thank you. And on that note, I would like to say thank you to Chris McCall for sharing her talent, her gift, and her blessing with us all and blessing us with this amazing talent. So I would like to tell each and every one of you, be good to yourself. Take care of yourself. Live your dreams and God bless. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real. Listen learn and live.